Hello and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Maroos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Americans' total credit card balances reached $887 billion in the second quarter of 2022, with a close to $50 billion jump since just the first quarter. The 13% increase since 2021 is the largest year-over-year growth in credit debt in over 20 years. Unfortunately, most people with an active credit card don't pay their bills in full, with more than half carrying a balance. At the same time, the average APR for all credit card debt jumped in the second quarter of 2022. So how can consumers get control of their credit card debt and other loans? My guests in the Bank and Transform podcast are Frida Leibowitz and Rachel Lauren, co-founders of the habit-shifting rewards platform for debt payoff, Debbie. They share how Debbie challenges the status quo of how financial institutions can use incentives to drive higher engagement that leads to better financial outcomes. With American credit card usage increasing exponentially and the economy worsening, there's a need to help Americans get out of debt. Unfortunately, most financial institutions benefit when balances rise and minimum payments are made. A new fintech, Debbie, encourages positive credit behavior with financial incentives for users to build better financial habits. I met our guests at this year's Finnovate event in New York City, where Debbie received the best of show designation. Before we start, can you share a bit about your backgrounds and how your various paths prepared you for the journey you're on today? Sure. I'm happy to jump in and get started. Uh, I'm Frida, one of the co-founders of Debbie. Uh, For me, first of all, the passion for this space and for even attacking the consumer debt problem came more from personal experience. So, uh, And I talked about this at Finnovate, how I shared my family story of dealing with that ever since I pretty much can remember myself as a kid. Um, I grew up in an immigrant, single-parent family that did not have access to financial literacy and, like, you know, struggled with with credit card debt and various other types of debt, you know, along with 40% of other American families. And so I got to see the behavioral and emotional side of debt growing up uh, over and over again. Uh, As an adult, I myself, you know, ended up falling right into the same trap. Um, and, and, and I struggled with credit card debt when I, you know, when I just started college, Rachel got to see a lot of that and that's cause we, we met in college. So she got to see me go into credit card debt, try to climb my way out. And as I, as I got started on my own debt freedom journey, right. When I was about to graduate college, I was looking to make a career in the space and I became really passionate about trying to, to help others achieve debt freedom. And so I joined Marcus by Goldman Sachs, um, on their credit risk team, actually, Uh, in the very early days when they were just starting to build this consumer digital bank. And we were working on our first offering at the time, which was consumer personal loans um, that are unsecured consumer loans mainly used for debt consolidation. And while I was there working on the credit risk team, I sort of got to see the other side of it, right? Which is like on the lender side, what does it look like? And that's where I, I sort of saw that there were a lot of gaps in how debt freedom products were served. Um, and the results were just really not uh, as promising as I was hoping. So one thing that I saw was that more than half of the borrowers that got started in one of these debt consolidation or debt freedom products ended up rebounding back to credit card debt within less than a right. year. 
Um, So really high rebound rate. And on the other hand, um, we didn't have great retention for the borrowers who were doing very well, the ones who were paying off on time. Um, And that, you know, started as a lot of venting to Rachel um, in our little New York apartment. Uh, And eventually, you know, we started thinking more about this problem. And that's when we we joined forces and, and started Debbie. And I'll let her give her background as well. Yeah. So I'm Rachel Lauren, uh, co-founder and, and COO of Debbie. Um, and in terms of, you know, my personal background, obviously, Frida mentioned we went, we went to college together, you know, saw a lot of what was going on. I, Amex was my first card, you know, Frida, she referred me. I got her, I took her down with me. I was like, well, if I'm going to go into credit card debt, I'll refer you to. That's right. That's right. Um, and I spent, you know, before Debbie, I, I was working in venture capital um, at a corporate venture fund, which was fairly generalist, but I was focused a lot on fintech and enterprise software. And as I was looking at fintech, you know, consumer fintech and sort of debt freedom was something that a, a theme that continuously popped up, whether that was credit repair or just debt management. And I think I kept seeing the same offerings over and over again, you know, a lot of cash advance, a lot of automation, you know, how can we get this off the user's hands? You know, they, how do we automate the problem away for them? And I think that was sort of the big thing that I noticed that wasn't really working, right? Because ultimately this was, you know, the problem was that people were spending more than they earn and automating the debt payoff away wasn't going to solve that problem. Um, So that's when, you know, I got really excited about working on something new with Frida. So, so it's interesting. Yeah. I, I also, um, younger years got into some real bad credit card, credit card and credit debt issues. And as you mentioned, the, the consolidation process doesn't solve the problem. It simply lowers your monthly payment, which as you said, you're used to a regular monthly payment. You go, Oh, now I got some freedom to do what I was going to do before and, and do it bigger. Um, but Debbie is a new organization and, and certainly in a very changing economic marketplace, both between COVID and our and our now economic situation that is somewhat uncertain, but certainly going towards a, a challenging time period. What are the challenges that both of you faced since your inception around getting fine funding, being able to build your organization? And, you know, let's state the obvious. You're, you're both young women, and that by itself brings its own challenges. So what are some of the challenges you faced? Sure. I mean, I actually think it's interesting because I'm the – on the company formation side, I mean, we're very lucky. We had Rachel who came from VC, so she at least like knew how to navigate that world. She always, she, she, you know, once in a while, she'll put on her VC hat again, and and sort of she had that angle, and that was very helpful for us. And actually, her former fund was one of our initial investors, um, so that was that was really helpful. I will actually say, I think where the challenges um, really lie is coming into a space that is so noisy. There are so many companies you're pitching ideas. You're pitching an idea where before we even start a lot of the time, people will already be like, well, I've heard a million pitches about debt freedom, debt management. Like here we go again. Um, and I think what's cool is that as soon as we've gotten people like to at least listen to us, um, that's when people get it. Like their face lights up, but it takes them like, it takes like a minute. Um, and I actually think this problem is even bigger when you're trying to talk to the consumer. Because what we've seen is when you come into the debt freedom space and you're trying to sell just another debt freedom product, people very quickly are like, well, I've seen this before. And they're very like likely to, to distrust, right? They're very likely to be like, well, I've already seen debt consolidation. I tried it or I don't want to try it. And it hasn't worked for me. It hasn't worked for my friends. Um, you're just trying to get more money out of me. You're just trying to charge me more interest, whatever it is, right? I think overcoming that distrust has been 
you know, a, a challenge or something that we've thankfully been able to do really, really well. Um, and I also think this is, it's kind of, it, it became an opportunity for us, right? Because we've, we've noticed how, if this is something that like that's happening, right, we, we have to repair that. How do we change the way financial institutions interact with their, with our consumers so that we don't have this distrust so that we can help more people make their way out of debt. And, and in truth, there are, there are some great opportunities like right debt refinance on its own is not a bad thing. It can actually be a great thing. Cutting down on interest is probably one of the most impactful thing you can do for someone who's trying to get out of debt. The question is, how do you do that? And at the same time, engage them, build the trust and help them actually make it to the finish line. How do you help them actually make their way out of debt? So that by the end, they're like, yes, you've helped me. I, I feel supported. I feel like I got what I need out of this. And, I'm, and I want to you know, keep on doing business with you in the future, right? That's kind of been the, the I, I would say, the challenge. I was going to say, I think what's been really interesting to see from our users, and we, and we did a focus group on this, is we tried to understand, you know, so far the Debbie app has been entirely free. It's just been the curriculum. So really where, you know, folks can come in, they can start completing our curriculum, which essentially it's a combination of behavioral psychology alongside actionable financial tasks that they get rewarded for completing. That's all we really launched. And so we wanted to get an understanding of if we offered financial products, you know, loans, things like that, how would that be received by our users? Is that something that they would take on negatively? And what we found that was super interesting was that people basically told us, because we know so much about them, because they've gone through the exercises, they've learned about themselves, their habits, they've hooked up their accounts, they actually feel like we know them better than, you know, other companies that that they might be banking with and that they would trust an offer that came from us because it wasn't it wouldn't just be like an email blast saying, hey, you know, take out five thousand dollars or an Instagram ad. It would be tailored to them and, and sort of their specific um, situation and they, they would trust it more. So that, that's been a big challenge, something we were really nervous about, um, and was, is critical to our business. And I think that, you know, obviously it's, it's taking strides to get there. Um, but, but it is promising. So Frida, how do you start? Uh, what, what's different? I should say, what's different about Debbie compared to all the other apps out there or programs out there that either reduce your interest rate or reduce your debt or consolidate, what sets Debbie apart? I know there's a, a, a the entire platform is built differently. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. And I, and here's where I kind of want to talk a little bit about how our, our you know, we, we compare ourselves a lot to Noom. And I think that's where it really like usually strikes a chord for people. Um, we strive to be the Noom for the debt payoff space. And the reason why we really like Noom, and for those who are listening who are not familiar with Noom, Noom is one of the most revolutionary companies in the weight loss space. And they, we really relate a lot to their journey because they also came into a space that at the time was super crowded, was full of all these companies trying to offer you crash kale diets and promising you that you'll lose 3,000 pounds in you know, one day if you just drink this shake or do that thing, right? Um, and in the dad food space, if you look at the offerings today, it's very much like they, they're pretty much crash kale diets, right? It's like, oh, just take out this loan, sign up within minutes, just take out this like refi loan or just hook up your accounts and we'll automatically manage the, the debt repayment for you. I think what sets us apart from the rest is that we're like, no, actually, we're not selling you a quick fix. If you want to, you know, use Debbie and achieve long-term results, like you're going you're gonna to go to work, you're going to be very engaged in this experience, you're going to get rewarded for it, you're going to be very motivated and and we're going to encourage you along the way, um, but but really we want to make sure that folks like are are very much understanding that they're a partner in this journey and they own the journey. No one is taking that off their plate. No one is taking that away from them. 
Um, and interestingly enough, right, like in a, in a weird way, that has actually been the reason why our, our users tell us that that's why Debbie actually stood out to them amongst all the other offerings that they saw. Because rather than just telling them like, oh, we're going to take the problem off your hands, they're like, I'm ready to work. I've tried these other things. It, they didn't work for me. The, you know, those crash scale diets were not what I needed. I want to work. I want to do something and I need some structure. I need some help. Um, and I think that's, that's probably one of the, one of the biggest um, differentiating factors. And you couple that alongside the fact that Debbie is really mostly focused on the behavioral side of that and the emotional side of that, not on typical financial literacy that you would see out there, right? So a lot of apps will try to tell you like, let's just educate you about what's an APR, how does a credit card work, all these things. And that's important, sure. Um, but that's not going, like at the end of the day, when I'm standing at Walmart and I'm picking between the nicer, shinier TV and the smaller one that I should probably go for, I'm not thinking to myself, well, let me calculate in my head real quick, what's the APR, right? Most people are just going to go with their gut. They're going to go with like how, how they feel. And in order to change that, you have to change their, like their inherent relationship and emotional behavioral patterns with, with money. So, so I think that the fact that we focus a lot on the behavioral psychology education rather than like the, you know, counting calories for people, right? That's been also a big, a big reason why we get our users to engage at really, really high rates and keep coming back to the app. So Rachel, how do you build this edge, what I'm going to call this behavioral science type based um, platform? Where did you get the insight from? How long did it take? And how, how often does a consumer engage with your platform during their, their unwinding process, if it were? Yeah. So, you know, I think we actually didn't start with this concept when we first started, Debbie. I think as we started realizing that user effort was going to be required to have the outcomes that we wanted. We needed to we needed to build something that that was going to achieve that. And I think like Frida said, we saw Noom as an amazing example of that. And I basically took it upon myself to say we need someone at Noom to work with to to build this. And so we were able to find the director of product and growth at Noom, um Shane Blackman, wow. who's an advisor of ours. Um he's been incredibly incredibly helpful in terms of us kind of developing the curriculum, the interactions, you know, the cadence, how everything kind of fits together alongside a financial therapist as well. So Erica Wasserman, who's a licensed financial therapist, there's not that many of them out there. It's a pretty new sort of profession. You know, most people are therapists or financial advisors. She very much kind of focuses on that that other layer of how do we dig into why you do the things you do when it comes to finance. Like Frida said, it's very emotional. So using both of their brains and mine, uh, we sort of sat down and started developing the curriculum. And I will say it's, it's definitely a work in progress. There's so much more for us to do and develop. You know, Noom took, I don't know, five to 10 years to develop their program, right? We've been operating- And they're still being modified as you go along, correct? Yeah, and they do a ton of testing, right? We're actually, we're developing now our sort of content management system for us to be able to, you know, create modules on the fly, uh, be able to change the cadences. And, and to your question of how often do people come in right now, we drop new new modules every week. So there's this uh, there's this feeling of excitement and urgency. You know, whenever we drop one, people are like, oh, there's something new in the app for us to do. So what we see is, you know, our active users are coming in once a week on average uh, to kind of engage, whether that's to do, you know, look at their debt payoff goal or actually, you know, complete a module. Um, and I think it's something we're going to do even more often. So we're going to shorten them up, make it kind of every every couple of days, release new ones. Um, so that's the plan. Yeah, it's important because the, the cadence and consistency are really the key. It's, it's for any kind of content that if you can keep a cadence going and if you can keep consistency going, 
people stay on the program. I mean, that's what I found really helpful. I'm a, I'm a, a new advocate. I've, I've, I think I mentioned to you in Finnovate, I've gone through it three times, not because it failed, but because it succeeded. And I've gone through it multiple times, the same lesson plan and everything, but you miss something every time and you want to stay on, on target. You want to, you want to actually have the behavior change. So when you have consumers that are engaged with, with Debbie, what has been their reaction to the way it's doing that? And what are some success stories you could share? Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting. I think, well, we, we also, we constantly ask users for feedback and alongside the app, we actually have a very active community where our users, um, get to talk to each other, talk to us, share their feedback. Um, and we regularly ask them to, to tell us like what drew them to Debbie, what they like, what they don't like. Um, and a couple of like recurring themes that we've seen. One, people are very, they like to be celebrated. And today, when you're, you know, if you're banking with any institution, you make your payment, the best you'll get is an email that's like, thank you for your payment of $356, right? And that's it. And it's like, you just are like, well, I have to do this. With Debbie, every time you make a payment, there's like a huge celebration about it. And we'll constantly remind you of your debt payoff progress. And we'll actually be like, yes, it's an obvious thing that you're supposed to do, but we're still going to make you feel really, really good about it. Um, And people like that. They want to feel good about themselves, especially when majority of them are feeling bad about themselves. They're not feeling very positive about their debt payoff. And they always feel like when we've asked, you know, when we did early user research and we asked people to describe how they feel today when they make their, their debt payment, they told us, majority of them said, I just feel like I'm throwing money into a bottomless pit. I just feel like I'm constantly just like paying and paying and nothing happens. And I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm moving. Um, and, and that's really what we wanted to change about the process. We wanted to make people feel like they're moving, they're making progress, they're getting there. Um, and that's what the, people have been really, really excited by that. And that's, I think that's been like one of the biggest pieces of feedback is like, let's, let's celebrate the wins. Let's use positive reinforcement um, as a tool to help people sort of get, get to the, get to the finish line. And, and to add to that, you know, removing the shame out of the experience has been one of the biggest things, you know, I think that's a big reason why people don't succeed is because they have that shame of looking at their balances, looking at their transactions. And so we've been pretty non-prescriptive with our users in terms of the things that they can do to improve their situation. So for example, you know, a lot of, let's say budgeting or spending apps will say, oh, look, you're spending so much money on coffee. You know, maybe you should try to spend less on coffee. And we're saying, no, what if you love coffee? What if that's like the one time of day that makes you really happy is when you go to that, you know, go to Starbucks and get that coffee, right? We want to help you find the areas that, that, you know, where you aren't happy spending rather than the ones where you are and sort of being prescriptive about telling you, you know, where you should or shouldn't put your money. So I think people really appreciate that, that, you know, there's sort of that shame removed and and giving them the power back to help them make better choices. Um, In terms of, you know, to answer your question about um, success stories, there's one woman, uh, we'll call her, you know, her name's Katie. And she's been, you know, incredibly engaged. We've been so surprised in terms of like how, you know, her level of activity on the app. She's made her debt goal for the last like seven, eight months, Frida, right? Something like that. Seven months. Yeah. She's paid off, you know, at least a couple thousand dollars in debt at this point, um, you know, on the on the Debbie platform. Um, she's earned, you know, a lot. So so we're really happy to have users like that that keep coming back, that want to achieve their goals and, and want to be celebrated for it like Frida said. 
You know, it's interesting, Rachel, that um, you, you were free to mention about shame. And that's a major component of getting into debt where you, you all of a sudden have that wake up call that you've got the cold sweats in the middle of the night going, oh, my gosh, I can never get out of this. And, you know, contacting one of the local consumer credit counseling services, just the name itself makes you feel like you failed. And yeah. so when, when it's really when people know they need to do something but they're not sure how to do it. It gets down to, even though you build something very powerful, it doesn't mean that people come. You know, if you build it, they will come. It doesn't always happen that way. So Rachel, how do you market Debbie today in the marketplace in a way that consumers can find you? Yeah, we try to make it really fun. So, you know, we're, we're highly present on social media. We do fun TikToks and reels where I make a fool of myself. Our intern makes a fool of themselves. You know, we we use our we have a mascot, Debbie. So, you know, the, the mascot itself has the name Debbie. She's like this cute little, you know, D. And I think a lot of people, you know, really enjoy that and they associate with it and they find it, you know, fun. They find it easy, aesthetically pleasing. Like they don't they don't see it as sort of this this, you know, rigid financial company. Um, so so we try to make it really easily accessible to people where the barrier to entry is very low, right? When you sign up, you don't have to pay anything. It's completely free. We're not asking you to, to do anything um, like that, you know, that might be difficult, uh, like taking out a loan or signing any, you know, crazy agreements. So like I said, make it super accessible. Now, what we will do is we will ask you a lot of questions about sort of your, your financial behavior, because we want you to feel like, you know, we're really getting to know you. We're understanding where you're coming from, what your situation is, so that we could tailor the experience for you. So similar to Noom, you know, how, how you, you've probably done the onboarding, you know, they ask you a lot of questions about, you know, your diet, um, when, what time you eat, how it makes you feel, you know, how certain foods make you feel, all of that. So, so we do like to ask those questions. Um, and I think people kind of get this feeling that we, we're really getting to know them and, and trying to build that trust. So, Frida, you know, part of the Noom program, and I'll keep on referring to that since you you guys have referred to it, is the engagement of within others, the crowd, the crowd discussion, the the team aspect of it, and actually feeling like you're not alone. Do you have anything like that with Debbie, or is there a plan to do that? We do, we do absolutely. The community is a really important piece, and I, I I mentioned this a little bit before. I touched on it. We do have a very vibrant community alongside the app. Um, where users who are on the app get access to this community and they can use that to either, again, share uh, app uh, updates with us or app like issues or things that they, they want help with. But also more and more, I know this is kind of like my proud moment where I get to like watch the users start helping each other. That's become really interesting. It's, it's actually one of the hardest things to do um, at, like when you're building a company is build a community that like, how do you get people to talk to each other, right? Without you intervening. Right. Um, and I think that we, we've, we're like, we're starting to see that now where like one user will post something that they're struggling with. And all of a sudden, like five users will be like, oh, I struggle with the same thing. Like I also, and they'll start like talking to each other. Obviously we, we moderate all of this and we make sure that everything is sort of done in a, in a judgment free way mm -hmm. and like, everybody feels comfortable and, and everyone feels respected. Um, but I think we've been very surprised to see, and especially when it comes to, because our entire, you know, who we are, our whole ethos is about celebrating wins, celebrating successes. That's also been a nice, like our community kind of, they, they, they've, uh, sort of taken that upon themselves and they really like celebrate each other, um, which is also really nice, like getting that validation. So, so yeah, I think the, the community piece is, is 
you know, has always been important for us and continues to really like we're working a lot to, to grow that and make sure people people feel it. But also it's nice. Like our, that's where users become our partners. And they're like I mentioned, they're helping each other. They're, that, it's kind of like taking you kind of watch this little baby like take off on its own. And, and, and it's, it's really, really nice to see. You know, we don't make it mandatory because I think that, you know, there's still this feeling for a yeah. lot of people that like I don't want other people to know I'm in debt. Right. It's actually a big barrier to, you know, for a lot of financial companies for them to get referrals because people don't want to admit to other people that, you know, they have a problem. So so we make it optional. It's something that people have the option to join. Um, But, you know, at the same time, everybody who's in there, most of the people that are there are not anonymous, which is kind of cool. So, you know, they're starting to take down some of those barriers as well. You know, that's interesting because it, it as you get part of the community and you can just be a listener and not participate, you know, in Noom, what's interesting is as more people are celebrated, more people come into the fold. In addition, as more people have challenges, but other people help them out, again, it brings more people into the fold. And the community really becomes a very powerful element overall because everybody's in the same boat. And you can participate or not participate based on what you want to do. But I think that the encouragement, you know, misery loves company is not a bad thing when you talk yeah, about credit yeah. card, credit debt in that, you know, if you know other people have these same problems and, oh, it can be as simple as saying, I have a payment of $1,500 coming up next week and I have $1,000 in my account. What have you all seen happen before? And you could have taught them that in your your lesson plan, but to hear it from others saying, you know, here's how I handle it. And, and as you said, you get a lot of education yourselves from this where you say, oh, I never thought about that way of dealing with it. But that really plays out really well where they take away this or they add this. And I think the community aspect is, is really a key component. And one that, you know, at the end of the day, Debbie's an app that really, requires engagement if, if it's yep. not a set it and forget it. it it doesn't work very well that way you know it's really the ongoing engagement back and forth so you know let's take a short break right here and recognize the sponsor of this podcast we'd like to thank our sponsor microsoft see how microsoft can help unlock new opportunities at speed and scale through innovative business processes delivering differentiated customer experiences across channels innovating new products and services, and redefining new ways of thinking. Find out more at Microsoft.com backslash financial services. Welcome back to Banking Transform. So I'm joined today by Frida Leibovitz and Rachel Lauren, co-founders of the debt reduction platform, Debbie. We've been discussing the needs of the credit strap segment and how Debbie hopes to build scale. So, Frida, how do you measure success around the customer experience, engagement, and content delivery? Sure. I mean, our North Star has, will, has always been and will continue to be seeing consistent debt payoff for borrowers, right? Seeing that long-term, consistent, sustainable behavior, right? Where people are like, okay, I'm actually able to get on top of my, my debt payoff. I'm able to build those better habits. Um, and that's really what we're, we're tracking to now leading up to that, right. In order to get there, like you mentioned, like engagement is important. So we do check to see, we, we like to segment our users into groups and actually not all users are, you know, it's not like a one size fits all. Not all users have the same needs. Not all users engage in the same way. 
some of our users like to come in every single week. So we see like we have a group of users that are coming in every single week and completing what they have to do in the app. Some users prefer to come in every other week. Uh, some users prefer to come in uh, and, and check their balances and then maybe not complete their curriculum until a different time of week. So we do kind of see that. Um, what's nice is, and I think what's been very helpful is, we've created this, we created this very bite-sized experience where there's no way for you to like binge on the content. It's not like everything's available for you. You come in and you don't know where to start and where it ends, right? It's, it, you come in every time you have a maximum of two to three uh, bite-sized tasks to complete. And when you're done, we're like, great, you're done. You can leave now. We'll let you know when something new is available. Um, and that's actually been, that's also helped us kind of have a benchmark of, okay, what is, when, when should people be using the app? Um, and, and are they actually coming in when they're intended to? So I think that's, it's really been for us about, like I mentioned, measuring that payoff outcomes and then measuring per the amount of content that we're giving, how many users are able to complete it, um, within, within a given, a given time frame, and being able to understand that different users behave differently. So for some users, we'll measure weekly, weekly engagement is really important for some users. We'll make sure that, you know, they're coming in at least uh, once or twice a month. Um, that's sort of been like the, the most important things that we we've been tracking. So Rachel, you know, when you look at what happens, almost every consumer comes in somewhat similar to the process. They're all in debt. They're all having challenges, but almost immediately upon entering your, your platform, they start to differ. They start to have different reasons why they've gotten in debt. They have different obligations. They have different levels of income to start with and to end. They have different family structures. So our research shows that almost every traditional financial institution does not feel prepared to effectively use data analytics for the personalization of, of communication and engagement and for the recommendation of solutions. Well, this is at the 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 really the the foundation of how Debbie works is you have to figure out what these people's individual engagements are. Yeah. How do you use data to not only build the platform for engagement but also to improve their financial wellness? Yeah. So where we really start and this is one of the first exercises um, that people do when they come into the platform is what's your why? And this kind of speaks to your question of like, you know, people have kind of different goals. And actually, this is an exercise that you probably have done in Noom. And yep. what, what we do is we ask you, why do you want to get out of debt? And we ask that to you three times to get to the real answer of why you want to get out of debt. Because usually the first answer is never really the real answer. And so, you know, what, we're, what we've been trying to do and what we're starting to do now is actually looking at a lot of those free form answers and using natural language processing to really extract some insights. So let's say a lot of people um, will say that, you know, they want to get out of debt because they want to start saving for a home, you know, because they want to support their family. They want to give their family a, a safe and secure place to be. A lot of people will say it's because they grew up unstable. They want to give their children, you know, that some of that security. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons. And so using that is really, really critical when we start thinking about what is that user's trajectory, right? Are they looking to, you know, build an emergency fund today? Are they looking for security, right? Is that, you know, building up that emergency fund? Are they looking to start investing, right? Are they in a position where maybe they have an emergency fund, they want to start building up some of their wealth in addition to, you know, taking down the debt. So, you know, a lot of this data, it's it's hard for us to, I mean, it's hard in general to, to get this data because 
A lot of it's very unstructured. It's all free form, people sort of answering. Um, it's something we're, we're just now starting to work through. One of the things I will say also on the, on the debt payoff goals is, you know, every single goal that we help, you know, people set is based on their existing situation. So we evaluate their income, their existing debt levels, the types of debt that they have, you know, debt levels across different types of debt um, and help them set a goal based on those numbers. So we're not saying to everybody, hey, pay off, you know, 500 bucks a month of debt. And if you do that, you get a reward because everybody has different income. Everybody has different debt levels. So it, it wouldn't make sense to kind of do a one size fits all challenge like that. Um, and I think we approach it, you know, we approach that everywhere. So, you know, similarly, we do, uh, like I said before, we do this sort of like transaction exercise where people will run through their last kind of 20 to 30 discretionary transactions. And we'll do this Marie Kondo kind of exercise. We'll ask them, does this bring you joy or does this not bring you joy? Right. And so they'll swipe left on the things they don't like. They'll swipe right on the things they do. And so the next exercise that we'll do is, is a no sad spend challenge. So we'll take that the number one category that you said did not bring you joy, let's not spend in that category for, for the next week. So again, all of this is very personalized to really give the power back to the user. That, that's ultimately what we want them to feel is that they're empowered to make their own decisions. And, and sticking with you, um, you, we keep on mentioning rewards and I, I, I keep on going back to how much do I know about it? How much do I want my listeners to know about it? Try and make it so everybody knows everything about your platform. What are some of the rewards and how do they get funded? Yeah, right now it's pure cash. Um, and really what we did when we started the company um, as sort of a purely standalone direct consumer offering is we set aside a portion of our fundraise um, towards a beta. Basically, we, we allocated a certain amount of money and said, this is the money that we are going to pay out to rewards to really run this as a true experiment. If we paid people to accomplish this, will it have an impact? Um, now, you know, in terms of our, our trajectory and where we're going, obviously we can't afford to just continue to, you know, pay people forever while, while not generating revenue. And so really the goal is, you not know, not a great business model, no, no. not a great business model, <laughs> but really what, what financial institutions that are excited about Debbie are seeing is that, you know, they're, they're seeing higher engagement, um, you know, better debt payoff outcomes. And this is something they want to pay for. And so that's where, you know, the, the the place that Debbie is moving towards now. But, you know, it continues to be cash for now. But in the works, I definitely think there is areas for other all kinds of rewards, whether that's, you know, a financial therapy session, stocks, crypto, gift cards. You know, we we survey our users and ask them right. all the time things that they're looking for. Generally, they like cash, but, you know, there's always room for, for other options. So, Frida, we kind of went around the circle here a little bit, but is Debbie... Do you see Debbie as a standalone digital platform that's direct to consumer, or do you see this being integrated within the offerings of a legacy or non-traditional financial institution going forward, or or both? So, in a way, both. Um, I think that depending, we are speaking to you know various various potential partners, and every partner might have different needs, different things that they want, um, and so there are different levels of integration. What I do think is key, though, is that every brand and what we built is super important. And that's where I think that we will always want to be seen as very much like visible partners, right? As opposed to like white labeling or things like that. Yep. Um, and, and really, the brand brings a lot to the table. Um, the easiest way to kind of explain Debbie, kind of like what I mentioned before, is think of like the Delta Amex, right? In this case, Debbie is the Delta. The financial institution is the Amex. You kind of get the best of both worlds. The user will get an experience that's very much co-branded where they understand that it's being 
offered and powered by their financial institution, but they also kind of get this nice little tool, Debbie, that's very personable and, and, and young and fun. Um, and I think that kind of that has worked really well for us so far. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's also in the way we're, we're building ourselves, we're always going to have a direct to consumer angle, we will have an app that's available to everyone. We may not, I, I think that also one of our key beliefs is we want to at least make the tools and content available to everyone. Not every user will earn rewards, especially if they're not, not banking or, or using products from one of the partner financial institutions, but they will always be able to access um, the, the resources. Um, on, the, on the other hand, I think for, the, for the, 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 the financial institutions that we're working with right now, they're not only looking to tap into our pool of, of users that we built on our own, but they actually want to send us their existing members. Um, so that's been another, that's kind of where we get that, that really nice partnership um, where, where financial institutions can offer Debbie to their, their members or customers and, and, uh, and see, see the lift there. Uh, like Rachel mentioned, on the engagement side, on the retention side, on the debt payoff side. So sticking with you, Frida, do you see this as eventually being a subscription service very much like Noom? No. Uh, one of our key beliefs um, is that in the debt freedom space specifically, um, it doesn't really make sense to ask someone to eat a cookie so that they can lose weight. You can't be like, look, pay some money so that you can get it. And most people, they don't, right? They're like, I, I, I can't. Uh, and the demographic that we're dealing with, you're talking about folks who are making an average income of like 40 to 60 K um, and are paying off large amounts of debt, right? For them, it's actually a big barrier to entry. And it's one of the best competitive edges that, that we've had, right? Is that we can actually offer this for, for free. Um, and so I think really we'll, we'll have to be able to monetize on the financial product side. And there's a lot of room there. Um, there's a lot of ways to sort of align incentives and work with financial institutions so that they can benefit and their, and their borrowers can benefit with little or, or no upfront cost um, to the borrowers. So, you know, that's a very good point where in partnering with financial institutions, it benefits them for their, their customers or their non-customers that are in, on the platform to reduce debt because it, it, increases the, it decreases the risk while actually, in a way, increasing the revenue because they're going to get paid back. Um, you know, you're in a beta situation right now where you're you're still learning and building and and i will tell you that i think i'm, I'm not positive but i think you're the very first beta we've ever interviewed we usually oh. like uh, the closest to beta might have been viral um that that we interviewed two years ago at the very beginning but they had already become a bank they had just gotten their charter so it really i, I think you're the first beta we've ever interviewed and and i think the reason no i know the reason was is i was really impressed by the foundation upon which you're building this whole platform. It is very different than what I see as any other debt reduction program out there in that, number one, it doesn't make you feel bad. Number two, it encourages positive behavior. Number three, it does use the community and there's rewards going forward. What have you learned in the beta side that has really maybe shifted where you thought you were going to go and taken a new direction? Rachel? Yeah. One of the super interesting things that we learned is, you know, we always believed that our value was on the post origination side. So once, you know, the, the financial institution booked the loan, we always felt like, OK, we were going to use our program to help, you know, improve the, the performance on that on that debt. Right. Because people were going to be more engaged and they'll pay back. But what we realized, you know, was happening in the space when you look at, you know, the debt freedom space in general, or even debt consolidation, a big issue for a lot of lenders is that most of the people who apply 
don't qualify, right? If I have a debt problem, I likely have a credit problem and I'm not there yet. Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm not asking for help if I'm not already in trouble. Exactly. exactly. And so CAC, CAC is incredibly high, you know, in the debt consolidation space because they have to turn down so many people. And I think what we realized as we sort of built out this direct-to-consumer app is that we're getting so much data, you know, not just sort of behavioral data about what these folks want to accomplish, but also consistent debt payoff behavior. So, you know, what's interesting for us, when you look at sort of underwriting, most of the time lenders, they get a single snapshot of that of that borrower, right, with their existing credit score. But what's what's interesting is that a person, let's say you have two people, both at 700 FICO. One person was at 750 six months ago. The other person was at 650 six months ago. Those are two very different borrowers. And the person who came down is probably going to perform way worse than the person who built themselves up. And so what we'd rather do from an underwriting perspective is compare the user to themselves rather than comparing them to all the other people kind of in their credit box that, that sort of sit where they're at. And so, you know, I think it's a much better way of, of, of determining risk and understanding, is this person going to do the things that they say they're going to do? Are they going to fulfill their obligations? And so we, you know, we, we really started thinking about Debbie as a way of qualifying folks uh, for refinance. A lot of them are paying very high interest on average 20 to 25% APR. They are looking to reduce their interest rate significantly. And, you know, they might not have the credit for it. And we really see Debbie as the way um, for them to achieve that. So, Frida, you know, I look at everything you're doing and um, I spent a lot of time with you at Finnovate. In fact, probably spent more time with the two of you than I did any other single company because I, I, I related to what the challenge was, but also the way the solution was. And I think one aspect of this that really was was enlightening was the use of rewards to build better behaviors and financial institutions really struggle in doing this because they make money on bad behavior. They make money on continuous building credit the, until they lose money on the relationship. They make more and more money. They make higher interest rates. We've talked about this before yep. and you're really building better financial behavior. Now let's take the other side of the equation, savings and investing. Can you imagine or envision possibly expanding the Debbie platform to maybe encouraging savings to do the other side of the equation on what really is financial wellness? Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, and I think it's very interesting that you mentioned it's very important to talk about looking at this as something that is actually going to increase your profitability, not decrease. Because I agree with you. I think that until now, financial institutions have been very short-sighted and they're just like, well, in the interim, I can just squeeze them, you know, out high interest out of my borrowers, squeeze some fees out of them, right? But what they're not seeing or like what took them a long time to see is that over time, you're losing a lot more than what you're getting. Um, because like I mentioned, what you end up with, right, is folks that are higher risk are sticking around and then building up more debt and struggling even more and more likely to go to default. And the folks that are doing very well, they're probably going to leave you, right? If, they're, if you're squeezing high interest out of them, they're going to go to the next lender who's going to offer them a better rate. And when they're ready to open that savings account, investing account, they're not as likely to trust you because, right, like if you charge them fees, you charge them high interest, they're going to go to somebody else. Um, and that's really where our job comes in. Like what we came up with is we built our model, the rewards model in a way where we actually built it backwards. We started with the bottom line. We said in a perfect world, if we can increase profitability on a credit product by increasing the retention and decreasing the default rates, 
How much does that give us on the margins? It actually gives you quite a lot because those are the two biggest line items, right? Like the interest income and, and, the, and the, on the other hand, like the, the defaults, right? If you can sort of improve performance on those, and then some of that goes back in rewards, but you get to keep a lot of it. So overall, you're still more profitable than you would have been, than you would have been otherwise. Uh, and to your second point, we actually are already encouraging our users to save. Um, and we have one of the, one of the key keystones of the program is we do help people build their emergency fund. We give them savings goals every month. We track those goals. And for the partners that we work with, the nice thing is that the rewards that they're paying out are actually going directly to a savings account with that. So if you're a financial institution that wants to drive higher deposits for your, like for loan customers or people who are in debt, you can actually do that by depositing the reward funds directly into, into a deposit account. And not just that, but you can encourage the users by, by, to save even more, to add their own savings. Um, and it's something that we've actually seen our users do really well. Our active users are on average adding $100 to their savings account every month. Um, and these that's, are folks who are in debt. That's a lot. But <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? So these are folks who are struggling with debt, but they are actually excited about the idea of starting to build their savings and starting to build that financial security even before they're debt-free, right? Because that, that is very important. Um, and so, and so that's actually been like one of the, one of the things that we've, we've led with, um, and continue to believe in. And so to your point, definitely a place where we want to be very, very active going forward as well. So Rachel, we've learned in this business not to go too far in advance because things change so quickly in the financial services arena, but where do you see Debbie, let's say one to two years from now, where do you see this, this platform going? I see us. IPO. <laughs> number one, that. Um, number two, I think, you know, we want to be that name, that brand name to consumers that when you're in debt, Debbie is the place that you go. Not to, you know, some credit repair guy that somebody recommended to you that's trying to charge you like $500 in fees. You know, not all of these sort of automation apps, not cash advance, not overdraft protection. Debbie, right? Because we want people to feel like, you know, they want to make a change in their lives. They want to get out of the situation. They want to be out of that situation long-term. Um, and so again, the same way that, that Noom, anytime I tell people about Noom, like most of them have heard of it, even if they've never used it, they've created that, that brand name as sort of a trusted, you know, weight loss partner. We want to be that number one name, um, in, in the debt loss space. Oh, it's interesting too, because Noom is so different, except for Weight Watchers. So it's a it's an automated or digital Weight Watchers because it basically uses the same behavioral modification. But again, you said it in the presentation, Infinite. If I can't change behavior, I'm simply doing a short term fix. There's nothing. There's nothing that really is going to change over time. And and you know we see that every New Year's New Year's Eve, um, where we have a whole lot of people on diets during January. Um, but it, the, the overtime is where, you know, who, who's still on them in July and August yeah. when the summer is at the end and you, and you can take a little, you can start wearing sweatshirts and, and baggy clothes again. Um, Frida, where do you see the company? I, and maybe you can elaborate more on, on where you see your company going as well. Sure. Um, I mean, kind of like what Rachel mentioned, I think we want to, we want to definitely have that brand, the trusted brand. And I think more than the, on, on the other hand, and not just on the consumer facing front, but I think on the partnership side, we want to be seen as a trusted partner for any financial institution that, that really wants to partner with their, their customers or members and help them really genuinely help them 
um, and not just help them out of the goodness of their hearts because we, at the end of the day, we are not building a charity business. Very important to say that. We're, we're trying to build a business that really aligns incentives for the financial institutions and their constituents, right? So that they can help them um, and at the same time drive better business outcomes. So we want to see your you know, customers or members eventually be able to get a mortgage with you, eventually start investing with you, eventually start saving with you. Um, that for us, I think will be like the, the best success story. Um, and it's really like a happy ending for everyone. Um, and so I think like if, if Debbie can be the trusted partner to do that, and of course the trusted brand on the consumer side as well, that'll be dream come true and help a lot of people get out of debt. That's the number one thing. Hey, both of you, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm, I'm so glad we were able to reconnect and I wish you both tremendous luck because if, if you're successful, then there's gonna be a whole lot of people out of debt, which is, is all good news. Thanks. Yep. Thank you so much, Jim. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's interview, please take some time to give our show a five-star rating. Also, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Bank Report. This has been a presentation of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Haslidge, audio engineer, Sean Roll Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, remember, rewarding customers for making smart financial institutions is the key to customer engagement and loyalty. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.